This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Bant.io, the AI-powered all-in-one lead generation solution that leverages top-performing strategies from over 12,000 campaigns, including email, social outreach, pay-per-click retargeting, and sales chatbots. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance, and my guest today is Brian Clayton. He's a CEO and co-founder of GreenPal, an online marketplace that connects homeowners with local lawn care professionals. You can find it at yourgreenpal.com. Brian, thanks for joining me today. Hey, John. Thanks for having me on. Great to be here. So why don't you give us the, the quick lowdown on what GreenPal does, how it functions? Yeah. So I'll give you 20 years of entrepreneurship in a couple of minutes. Uh, <laughs> GreenPal in one sentence is the Uber for lawn mowing. So let's say you're a homeowner or you rent a home, you got to have your lawn cut rather than calling around all over on Craigslist or Facebook or Yelp. You can just push a button and order somebody to come cut your grass. Been at this for about eight years. We have around 300,000 homeowners that use the platform doing $20 million a year in revenue. And so we're right at about a eight-year overnight success. Before GreenPal, I actually I actually had a lawn mowing business, believe it or not. I started cutting grass in high school as a way to make extra cash, and I just uh, stuck with that little lawn mowing business. I grew it year little by little, year over year, and mowed grass all through college. And over a 15-year period of time, I built that to one of the largest landscaping companies in the state of Tennessee, Got it over 150 employees, over $10 million a year in revenue. And in 2013, it was acquired. And I've been in this industry my entire life, seen it from every angle you can see it from. <clears throat> and I use all the learnings that, that I learned building my first business in a traditional sense to, to fix the problems and make it easier with technology now with the app GreenPal. Well, not to take anything away from your effort at all, but I think it's a testament to the fact that there's a real need in this industry, the, the, the fact that pretty much any 20-year-old kid with a little hustle could actually build a decent business in college. I actually did it as well, and it was because there was there was such a gap. There was such a need for yeah. it. So if you said you'd show up and you actually did show up, you got the business. It's funny. <laughs> a lot of the interviews I do, people are, are like, yeah, I used to cut grass. And my <laughs> first business was a grass cutting service. And I think it can be like the gateway drug to business ownership. I think because the barriers to entry are so low right. and also just the, the fundamentals and principles of running a, a successful lawn mowing business pretty well applied to most all business. Like you said, reliability, understanding your numbers, understanding how to just be out hustle your competition, understanding how to market your business. All of these things are, are table stakes for any business. And the lawn yeah. mowing business is a great way to cut your teeth on that. Yeah, it is. The, the barrier for entry for me was really low. I just had to borrow my dad's mower. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and boom, you're in business. Yeah, that's right. So I've heard you, and of course, your website talks about this too, uh, to, to describe GreenPal as the Uber for lawn care. But in some ways, isn't it a little more like Upwork or you know one of these kind of platforms where you find people to do the work? Or yeah. is it really just a, hey, I'm going to click the button and whoever shows up? You nailed it. It's yeah. actually more like a marketplace and more yeah. like an Upwork and more, or yeah. more like an eBay. The Uber for lawn mowing kind of slogan is it, it, you can say it and people get it and understand right. what it does, push a button, get the grass cut. But in reality, we are making it easier for you to find the best fit service provider in your neighborhood without having to do a bunch of phone calls and voicemails. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you sign up, you can read reviews, read statistics about how often they show up on time and other statistics about how often their clients book them for a second mowing and so on. Right, so you can right, then right. make a real informed decision on who you want to hire. And then our technology, right. our platform 
powers that relationship, makes it easier and smoother. But to your point, these service providers are not like fungible commodities. Yeah. You want to know who you're working with. You want to develop a relationship with them. You want to have the same person week in, week out. And so we really don't, we're not like the Uber in a sense of you don't care who shows up to come pick you right. up. We help make you, make the introduction and help help power that relationship. Do, do you have a button on your app where you can say you want somebody who's chatty or not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. We Some people love the aspect of not having to talk to anybody right. on the phone. You right, can right, literally right, right. hire somebody to come mow your grass on our platform and never see them or speak to them. It's pretty, yeah, and so if that's yeah, your thing, yeah. we, we can serve you. It's a millennial's dream, I think. It actually. really is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think it's the way it's going. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned the word marketplace. Were there any particular challenges in hindsight, probably, <laughs> that you learned in creating a trying to create a marketplace? This thing where you've got supply and demand that you've got to balance. Yes, it's really difficult for many reasons. One, it doesn't exist yet. So like when yeah. I was building my first business, I, I could learn from other bigger mm -hmm. landscaping companies yeah. and fast follow. But we were inventing something that did not exist and still yet does not. And so we were having to figure it out as we went. And just it was just a relentless trial and error process of trying to figure out how to balance the wants and needs of both sides of that transaction and make everybody happy and power that relationship to make it smoother and easier via the app than it is in normal life. And it took us a long time. It, we're nationwide in the United States now. We're in every major city in the United States. But we spent just four, we spent four years just in Nashville, Tennessee, where we're from, just trying to figure out the nuances and the, like, the orchestration of balancing supply and demand and how to build a product that, that makes everybody happy. It was really difficult in the early years. Some marketplaces have actually had some struggles in the entrenched players didn't really welcome them. We've talked about Uber and the taxis paid Uber. And so consequently, some of the some of the cities and the policymakers that, that didn't want to change the status quo were roadblocks. Did you have any anybody you had to do battle with or did some of the players in, in the industry, the lawn care companies, see you as just another source of business? There's a lot of challenges to, to building what we have built. But one of the things that we did have like the wind to our back is that we, we had fragmentation on both sides of the transaction. So what I mean by that is there's a lot of little lawn mowing services yeah, and yeah. like one man bands, what we call Peter in a pickup or a yeah. uh, Chuck in a truck. And so these folks are, are smaller operators. They're a lot of times weekend warriors, or they might be firemen that work three days a week. Yeah, and, right. and, they, and so we're like kind, of, kind of like the perfect side hustle for them. And so there wasn't and still isn't any sort of like entrenched big player that controls the market. It's comprised of thousands and thousands of cottage, smaller entrepreneurs, and that we help power them to to help them double their business in their first year, help them where they get paid quickly on time. They don't, they don't have to do bookkeeping when they get done from a long day's work. And just really make it to where if, if you're a smaller owner operator, all you have to do is focus on executing the service, doing a good yeah. job for your clients, and our technology and platform takes care of the rest. Did you – I think some of the marketplaces would actually, on, on a day if you push them, would, would actually contend that they're almost a software company as much as anything. Do, would you say that the technology aspect of being able to make this totally seamless, totally touchless, what was, did that present a real challenge? Yeah, it, it did for us for a couple of reasons. To your point, 
these marketplaces are what are the fancy word that is called a SaaS enabled marketplace. So you have right. software as a service on both sides of the transaction. Right. And so for homeowners, there's a tool set where they can get quotes and read reviews and hire and pay. But on the service provider side, we go really deep. It's all the tools they need to operate a lawn mowing business. It's things like route management, scheduling, mm-hmm. bill collecting, uh, a place to accumulate reviews and market your business. And we didn't start with that, of course, but this is, we've laid on all the features that, that that our users wanted over a period of time and over long over over this journey. And so, but in the early days, man, dude, we did not know how to build software. We, <laughs> my two co-founders and I, I sold for my my first business and I basically retired. I didn't have to work anymore after that, which was nice. But I got bored, and so I thought, okay, I want to start my next business. I was uh, and and I started seeing what Airbnb and Uber were doing, and I was like, okay, an app needs to exist for the lawn care space. And I literally thought that we could just pay a development shop in Nashville to build it, and we would market it, and we would just be off and going. Yeah. And so my two co-founders and I, we pulled together some money. We spent $150,000 on building the first version because we didn't know how to write software. And it was a total flop, total failure, just not usable, didn't have the features we needed. People like were disappointed by it left and right. It just didn't fulfill the vision of push a button, get quotes and hire somebody. And so we had to make the hardest choice, like to understand, okay, if we're going to be in the software business, if we're going to be in the tech business, we got to be able to develop and build and execute and market and distribute software. Yeah. And we started like really peeling away the layers of how difficult that is. And it, it was just daunting. But the, for me, it's just a matter of, okay, I'm always going to be working on my best idea. And so this is my best idea. Fortunately, I don't, I'm not, I don't have very many ideas. So let's just keep grinding on this. And so yeah. we just read every blog post we could read, watched every YouTube video we could watch, every podcast, every online course. And over about a three-year period of time, we we learned how to build software, how to design software, and how to market software, and, and it was just, it was a slog. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. Do you want more leads and faster? Whether you own a small to medium-sized business or a marketing agency, Vant.io is the solution for you. It's an AI-powered, all-in-one lead generation solution that leverages email, social outreach, pay-per-click, retargeting, sales chatbots. If you're a marketing agency or consultancy looking to scale your offering and client base, they even offer a white-label solution that allows you to fully customize and sell the platform as your own service. Find out more. Sign up today at bant.io. Look for a link in the show notes. So so in the beginning, it's that whole cart before the horse thing. How did you get some momentum and your early users? Yeah, we, the, one of the only things we had going for us was, was that one was that we were just relentless and, and still are, but we also just focused. We, we just really narrowed it down to the smallest set of, of things we were trying to do. And like I said, we spent a lot of time in that. We spent four years just in Nashville, but even more than that, like, like probably just a couple of zip codes and really tried to figure out not only uh, recruit the supply on, onto the platform and then and then try to market it to the demand side, but just figuring out the playbook, trying to figure out, okay, how if we can make it work in Nashville, how are we going to roll it out to every other city? And that's just what we spent a lot of time doing. In the early days, it was a lot of hand cranking. So 
the we we acquired the first several hundred service providers just through dialing for dollars on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. I, I, we would call them. We figured out Sunday afternoon was the best time to try to reach them because they were they were mowing yards the other six days of the week. And so we would dial for dollars on uh, Craigslist, just trying to pitch service providers on the idea of, hey, we're building a platform that can help you get customers. It's free to use. All you only pay a transaction fee for the work that you get and do on the platform. Would you like to check it out? And some, a lot of times people would at least try it. And the problem was, was that the pla- it's, it, it really stunk uh, back then. It really didn't have the features it needed. And it was clunky and it was hard to use. And there wasn't a whole lot of demand. But the way we were able to hold it together was I would offer free consulting and free coaching to small business owners that because I, I knew I had already built an eight-figure landscaping yeah. business. And, they, and I was a big fish in a small pond, too. If you're in the landscaping business in Nashville, Tennessee, you know who I am. And so they would be like, damn, is this really you? And I was like, yeah, this is me. This is my new business. And if you, if you, if you want to use it, I'll coach you on how to grow your business. And so that's how we got through like the first two years of just like acquiring suppliers and then holding their attention. So then they were on the platform ready to and willing to go when we got homeowners ready to hire them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm envisioning this high tech company passing out uh, flyers and door hangers. To get to get homeowners, absolutely, that's what we did. And it's so funny you said that because you nailed it. We didn't have an SEO strategy. We didn't have a marketing strategy. We didn't have any digital way to acquire people, and so we hoofed it around Nashville for a year. Must have passed out a half a million door hangers. And she's man, I got bit by a dog like two times, and and we figured out like ten customers per dog bite. <laughs> wasn't a scalable customer acquisition strategy, <laughs> but we were able to get enough users in those early days to, to, to spark some liquidity and, and some critical mass over supply and demand. And then not just not only the sales, because we did need the revenue, but we need we were trying to figure out what we were doing. And we were trying to figure out our value proposition. And, and what I mean by that is what problem were we really solving? And when we in those early days, we thought our value proposition was this is the cheapest way to get your grass cut because yeah. you're going to get five competitive bids, and it's just going to be cheaper because these the lawn care services are competing for your business. And after meeting with the first several hundred customers that use the platform, we came to understand that the price wasn't necessarily the value proposition. The value proposition was and is speed. Yep. It's I sign up, they come, they mow the the dang yard and they show up when they say they're supposed to show up and I don't have to leave a check under the mat or haggle with them over price or, or, leave, or give them cash. So it was speed and convenience. And then price was secondary to that. And so that was something that we keyed in on really early just by way of, of talking to every customer that would talk to us. And we had to pass out door hangers to get those conversations started. It's funny. That doesn't surprise me a bit. I, a few years ago, had a, a lawn service, a pretty good sized lawn service in Texas that was a client and we helped them develop a core message. And after, I mean, we interviewed our customers and the message we kept hearing again, uh, over and over again was, I just love coming home on mowing day. It's Absolutely. just like, it's done. I didn't yep. even have to think about it. They showed yep. up when they said they would. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's the value. Yeah, and yeah. there's a mysterious phenomenon with the case of the disappearing lawn guy. I don't know yeah, why, yeah, but yeah. like it's so one week they just won't show up. And so our platform is like that accountability layer just to make sure the trains run on time, make sure everything's happening like it should. Yeah. So was there a point, I love to ask entrepreneurs there, this, was there a point at which you said, oh, wait a minute, I think this is going to work? 
<laughs> Great question. Because you because the first two years, maybe you know, I didn't know if it was or not. There, there was a point, and it was a day I'll never forget. Back in those days, we're bootstrapped. We haven't raised yeah. any outside capital. So it was just me and my two co-founders for a very long time, just working our butts off trying to get this thing going. And so we were working six days a week, sometimes as many as 10, 12 hours a day. So putting in some really long, hard hours. And there was a Saturday. And I remember like something along the lines of 20 or 30 people signed up on a Saturday. And I didn't know who any of them were. And so that, that was a big moment. Now we do thousands and thousands of transactions a day, but it was 30 people on a Saturday and I didn't recognize any of the names. And that was the moment where I was like, holy crap, if we can get these 30 people to, to do, to sign up, I know we can get 300 and I know if we can get 300, we get 3000. And, and I was, I was actually reading a book at the time called uh, my life in scientific marketing by a guy named Mm -hmm. Claude Hopkins. Oh, it's like such a great book. And he says in that book, we will let the hundreds decide what the millions will do. And that just always stuck with me then and now. It's these numbers are small, but they will get bigger. And that was just what kept us rolling. So talk to me about retention. What do you do to keep uh, this sticky? Some pl- some marketplace platforms uh, suffer a little bit from the fact that people make connections and then like Rover, I, I, I read about Rover all the time and they say they find that good dog walker and then it's, they're off the platform and they're going outside the platform. So what do you do to help with retention, you think? In the early days, so retention and I think the fancy term for it is disintermediation is what you're describing where you take the dog walker sure. off platform. In the early days, it was very much like a relationship business. And so we didn't have the problem because I had a personal relationship with, with, a, with a couple hundred of these guys and gals. Yeah. Then we went through a period of time where we didn't, where, where we outgrew that and no longer had a personal relationship. And so we started seeing some disintermediation. And so we were thinking, okay, we can look at it one or two ways. We, we can look at it. Oh, why are they taking this business off platform and why are they screwing us? Or we can, we can say, okay, it's not happening to us. It's happening for us because this is a indicator of where we need to try to add value. Yeah. So what we started really just drilling it down on is trying to build every tool we could for service providers to create as much lock-in as possible mm-hmm. to where there's just no reason to do it the old way. Yeah. So it's, we, we liken it to if you took an Uber drive, Uber ride, and like at the end of the ride, like the driver would be like, Hey, can you go ahead and cancel it? And then just pay me like $4 cash rather than the 625. Yeah. <laughs> You're just not going to do that. And so yeah. we're not all the way to that level of, of strength, but we're getting there. And, and it's just a matter of if you're a service provider and you've got 300 customers on GreenPal, you don't want to jack around with somebody wanting to pay you directly. And and the same thing on the homeowner side, once you've ordered like DoorDash, yeah. and, and you don't want to call the Chinese restaurant and give your credit <laughs> card number over the phone again, ever. Like, yeah, you just yeah. don't want to do that. And so it's the same thing on the homeowner side too. Once you've ordered a lawn mowing service, through an app and it's just delightful and it happens and you don't have to like haggle with the guy and he, he just shows up. You don't want to go back to doing it the old way of wrangling them every week and begging them to come cut the dang yard. All right. So you've got grass uh, mowing figured out and I noticed from your website, you're moving on to snow removal. But what else do you think is in the, is in the realm of possibility for your marketplace? So we have a philosophy and a strategy of just laser focus and just going deep on this one 
one industry, one vertical, and just making it as easy and delightful as we can. So we're going to continue to focus on lawn mowing and yard maintenance probably forever. We don't have any kind of aspirations to go wide to, to build a horizontal platform because we believe if you're trying to be good at all these different things, you're not going to be good at any of them. And there's already places you can go and get names and phone numbers. You Like there's Angie's yeah. List or Stumptack. So we are going to continue to focus on just yard maintenance. We did add uh, snow removal because our, our service providers begged for it because a lot of them, they all the lot of them offer it, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like the, it's it, it, the business is just lights out. And if you're in the northern part of the country right. during like, the months of November through March, yeah. and now a lot of these guys actually make more money on snow removal than they do lawn mowing, and so. They were just begging for it. Please add this. And so we did. And it was a good thing we did because it, it's a good profit center f- for the platform. But also the other thing is it takes the seasonality out of the business almost. And also like one of our core competencies is PR. We were, we were on TV like 80 times last year in different like Fox, ABC, NBC sure, affiliates sure. throughout the country. And so by way of adding snow removal, it keeps our platform relevant during the slow times of year when people are like, oh, it's going to snow a feet, a foot this weekend in Buffalo. There's an app that you can use. Tune in at, at five. Yeah, and so yeah. like we're, we're all the time on TV in different markets. And, and that's great because it helps our SEO strategy, helps our PR strategy. And, and so that's, that's one, another reason why we built it and, and why we're getting benefit from it. Awesome. Brian, we've run out of time. This has been a lot of fun learning about Green Panel, really learning about your story. I love talking to entrepreneurs about uh, their story. You want to invite people to, to to check out the platform? Yeah, sure. Anybody listening to this that doesn't want to cut their own grass or needs a snow removal service, just download Green Pile in the App Store or Play Store. Or any entrepreneurs listening to this that hear my story and think, yeah, I've got a specific problem that guy might be able to help me with. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I'll be happy to give you my thoughts. Awesome. Well, thanks, Brian. Hopefully we'll uh, run into you someday when we're all back out there on the road again. Awesome, John. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me on.